Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Chapter 6. A series of unfortunate adventures. Are you falling asleep on me already? No, I'm literally just cuddling with my blanket. She is going to crash. She is going to sleep like a log. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Series of unfortunate events. The Earthsat's Elevator. Chapter 6. Morning is one of the best times for thinking. That is true. One, when one has just woken up but hasn't quite gotten out of bed, it is a perfect time to look up at the ceiling and consider one's life and wonder what the future will hold. The morning I am writing this chapter, I am wondering if the future will hold something that will enable me to saw. Th- Come on, enable me to saw through these handcuffs and crawl out of these double locked windows. But the case of the Baudelaire orphans. When the morning sun shone through the 849 windows in the squalor penthouse. Wow. They were wondering if the future would hold knowledge of the trouble they felt closing in on around them. Violet watched the first few rays of sunlight brighten her study. Toll-free workbench, tool-free workbenches and tried to manage what sort of, tried to imagine what sort of evil plan Gunther had cooked up. Klaus watched the dawn's ray watched the dawn's rays make shifting shapes on the wall that separated the rooms from the squalor library and racked his brain for a way Gunther could have vanished into thin air. And Sunny just watched the emerging sun illuminate all of those unbitten baby toys and tried to figure out if they had time to discuss the matter together before the squalors came to wake them. The last thing was fairly easy to figure out. The littlest Baudelaire crawled out of her bedroom, fetched her brother, and opened up Violet's door to find her in bed sitting on the wooden workbench with her hair tied up in a ribbon to keep it out of her eyes. Tagib, said Sunny. Good morning, Violet replied. I thought it might help me to think to if I, to think if I tied my hair up and sat on my workbench, as if I were inventing something but hadn't figured a thing out yet. It's terrible enough that Olaf has shown up again, Klaus said, and that we have to call him Gunther. But we don't have the faintest clue what he's planning. We, well, he wants to get his hands on our fortune, that's for sure, Violet said. Clofy, Sonny said, which meant, of course, but how? Maybe it has something to do with an auction, Klaus guessed. Why would he disguise himself as an auctioneer if it weren't part of his plan? Sunny yawned, and Violet reached down to lift her, lift up her sister, so she could, so she could sit on her lap. Gosh, I think even yawns in a book are contagious. My goodness. Violet asked Sunny if she. Uh, Violet asked as Sunny leaned forward to nibble on the work, to nibble on the workbench, and thought he could get some of those terrible assistants of his to bid higher and higher for us until he won. And then we'd be in his clutches, just like the poor quagmires. Do they auction off the kids? Oh my gosh, you can't even tell me. But Esme said that it's against the law to auction off children. 
Klaus pointed out. Sunny stopped chewing on the workbench and looked at her si- uh, looked at her siblings. Nolano, she asked, which meant something like, do you think that the squalors are working together with Gunther? I don't think so, said Violet. They've been very kind to us. Well, Jerome has, at least. Anyways, I don't think that, the bo- that they need the Baudelaire fortune. They have so much money already. But not much common sense, Klaus said unhappily. Gunther folded them completely all up and took... And all it took was some black boots, a pinstripe suit, and a monocle. Plus, he fooled them into thinking that he had left, Violet said, but the doorman was certain that he hadn't. Gunther's got me fooled too, Klaus said. How could he have left without the doorman noticing? Does he have a house in that building? Okay, she can't tell me. I don't know, Violet said miserably. The whole thing is like a jigsaw puzzle. A jigsaw puzzle. But there are too many missing pieces to solve it. I did hear someone say, did I hear someone say jigsaw puzzle? Jerome asked. If you're looking for some jigsaw puzzles, I think there are a few in the cabinet in one of those sitting rooms, or maybe one in the living room. I can't remember which. The Baudelaire's looked up and saw their guardian standing in the doorway of Violet's room, and with a smile on his face and a silver tray in his hands. Good morning, Jerome, Klaus said, and thank you, but we're not looking for a jigsaw puzzle. Violet was just using an expression. An expression. We're trying to figure something out. Well, you'll never figure anything out with an empty stomach, Jerome replied. I have some breakfast here for the three of you. Three poached eggs. That's it? One poached egg each? My goodness, that's not very much food. And some nice whole wheat toast. Thank you, Violet said. That's very nice of you to fix this breakfast. Well, you're very welcome, Jerome replied. Esme has an important meeting with the king of Arizona today. So we have the whole day to ourselves. I thought that we could walk across to the clothing district and take your pinstripe suits to a good tailor. There's no use having those suits if they don't fit you properly. Cannoli, Sunny shrieked, which meant that is very considerate of you. I don't know what cannoli means, Esme said, walking into the bedroom, and I don't care, but neither of you will Neither will you when you hear the fantastic news I just received on the phone. Aqueous martinis are out and parsley sodas are in. Parsley soda, Jerome said, frowning. That sounds terrible. I think I'll stick to aqueous martinis. You're not listening, Esme said. Parsley soda is in now, so you'll have to go right out and buy a few crates of it. But I was going to take the children to get their suits altered today, Jerome said. Then you'll have to change your plans, Esme said impatiently. The children already have clothing, but we don't have any parsley soda. Well, I don't want to argue, Jerome said. Then don't argue, Esme replied. And don't don't take the children with you either. The beverage district is no place for young children. We'd better go, Jerome. I don't want to be late for his Arizona Highness. But you don't want to spend the time with the Baudelaire's before you work before your work begins, Jerome asked. Not particularly, Esme said, and looked briefly at her watch. I'll just say good morning to them. Good morning. Well, let's go, Jerome. Jerome opened his mouth as if he had something to say, but Esme was already marching out of the bedroom, so he just shrugged. Have a good day, he said to the children. There's food in our kitchen so that you can make yourselves lunch. I'm sorry that the plans didn't work out at all. Hurry up, Esme called from downstairs. Oh my gosh, she's so awful. Downstairs the hallway and Jerome ran out of the room. The children heard their guardian's footsteps grow fainter and fainter. 
as they made their way to the front door. Well, Klaus said, when they didn't hear them anymore, what shall we do today? Then free, Sunny said. Sunny's right, Violet said. We'd better spend the day figuring out what Gunther's up to. How can we know what he's up to, Klaus said, when we don't even know where he is? Well, we'd better find out, Violet said. He he already made the unfair advantage of the element of surprise, and we don't want him to have the unfair advantage of a good hiding place. This penthouse has a lot of good hiding places, Klaus, and there are so many rooms, and there are so many rooms. Kundik, Sunny said, which meant something like, but he can't be in the penthouse as we saw him leave. Well, maybe he sneaked back in, Violet said, and is lurking around right now. The Baudelaire's looked at one another, then Violet's doorway, half expecting to see Gunther standing there looking at them with shiny eyes. If he was lurking around, Klaus said, wouldn't he have grabbed us the instant the scholars went out? Maybe, Violet said, but if that was the plan, the Baudelaire's were looking at an empty door again. I'm scared, Klaus said. Ekrif, Sunny agreed. I'm scared too, Violet admitted, but here's the. He, but if he's here in the penthouse, we'd better find out. We'll have to search the entire place to see if we find him. I don't want to find him, Klaus said. Let's just run downstairs and call Mr. Poe instead. Mr. Poe's in a helicopter looking for the quagmire triplets, Violet said. But by the time we return, he returns, it's probably going to be too late. We're going to have to figure out what Gunther is up to on our own, only for our own sake. But not only for our own sake, but for the sake of Isadora and Duncan. As the mention of the quagmire triplets, all three Baudelaire's felt a stiffening of their solve. A phrase here which means, realize that they had to search the penthouse for Gunther, even though it was a scary thing to do. The children remembered how hard Duncan and Isadora had worked to save them from Olaf's clutches back at Pruvok Preparatory School, doing absolutely everything that they could to help the Baudelaire's escape Olaf's evil plan. The quagmires had sneaked out in the middle of the night and put themselves in grave danger. The quagmires had put on disguises, risking their lives in order to fool Count Olaf. And the quagmires had done a lot of researching and finding out the secret VFD. <sighs> Although they had been snatched away before they could reveal the secret to the Baudelaire's. Violet. Klaus and Sonny thought about the two brave and loyal triplets and knew that they had to be just as brave and loyal and now that they had the opportunity to and then they might have an opportunity to see their friends. You're right, Klaus said to Violet and Sonny nodded in agreement. We have to search the penthouse, but it's such a complicated place. I get, but it's such a complicated place. I get lost just trying to find the bathroom last, or I get lost just trying to find the bathroom at night. How can we search without getting lost? Hansel, Sunny said. The two Baudelaire's looked at one another. It was rare that Sunny said something that her siblings couldn't understand, but this one seemed to be one of those. Do you mean that we should draw a map? Sunny Violet asked. Sunny shook her head. Gretel, she said. Hansel and Gretel? Mm -hmm. That's two times that we, we don't understand you. Hansel and Gretel? What, is, what does that mean? Oh, Violet cried suddenly. Hansel and Gretel means Hansel and Gretel. You know, the two dim-witted children in that fairy tale? Dim-witted. Because they're, like, selfish and greedy. Mm -hmm. They just, they know they're not supposed to go there, but they smell food, so they go there anyways, even though they know they're not supposed to. 
Of course, Klaus said. That brother and sister who wandered around the woods by themselves, leaving a trail of breadcrumbs, Violet said, picking up after a piece of toast, picking up a piece of toast from the breakfast tray that Jerome had brought them so that it doesn't get lost. We'll crumble up the toast and leave a few crumbs in every room so we know we've already searched. Good thinking. Good thinking, Sonny. Blizzed, Sonny said modestly, which meant something like, it's nothing. And I'm sorry to say she turned out to be right, for the children wandered the bedrooms and living rooms and the dining rooms to the breakfast rooms to the snack room to the sitting room to the standing room to the ballroom to the kitchen to these rooms that seemed to have no purpose at all and back again, leaving trails of toast crumbs wherever they went. Gunther was nowhere to be found. They looked in the closet of each bedroom, the cabinets in each kitchen, and they even pulled back the shower curtains in each bathroom to make sure that Gunther wasn't hiding behind them. They saw racks of clothes and closets. <laughs> Are you playing with that? <laughs> Peyton just put one of those like mouth masks on when grown-ups get their lashes done. <laughs> Um, they saw the racks of clothes in the closet and cans of food in the cabinets and bottles of cream rinse. Do you know what cream rinse is? Conditioner. Bottles of cream rinse in the shower, but the children had to admit as the normal, as the morning ended and the Baudelaire's own trail of crumbs led them back to Violet's room, that they had found nothing. Where in the world can Gunther be hiding? We've looked everywhere, Klaus said. Maybe he's moving around, Violet said. He could just be in one room behind us every all the time and jumping and hiding places when we already checked. The and places that we already checked. Oh, I don't think so, Klaus said. We usually would have heard heard have heard him as if he was clomping around in those silly boots. I don't think he's been to the penthouse since last night. Esme insisted that he left the apartment, but the doorman insists that he didn't. It doesn't add up. I've been thinking that over, Violet said, and I I think it might be adding up. Esme insists that the that he left the penthouse. The doorman insists that he did not leave the building. That means he could be any in any other apartment at 667 Dark Avenue. You're right, Klaus said. Maybe he rented one of the apartments on the floor as if as a headquarters for his latest scheme. Or maybe one of those apartments belongs to somebody in the theater troupe, Violet said, and continued those terrible people on her fingers. Here's the hook-handed man or the or the bald man with a long nose or the one that looks like neither a woman or a man. Or maybe those two dreadful powder-faced women, the ones who helped kidnap the quagmires, are, are roommates. Huh? Mm, oh, I put it inside your backpack. Or maybe, uh, co, Sunny said, which meant something like, or maybe Gunther managed a trick trick one of the other residents at 667 Dark Avenue into letting them in the apartment and then tied them up and is sitting and hiding in the kitchen. If we find Gunther in the building, Violet said, then at least the squalors will know that he's a liar. And if they don't believe he's really Count Olaf, they'll be very suspicious if he's caught hiding in another apartment. But how do we find out? Klaus asked. Can't we simply knock on the door and ask to see each apartment? We can't knock on the door and ask to see each apartment. We don't have to see the apartment, Violet said. We can listen to them. Klaus and Sonny looked at their sister in confusion for a moment, and they began to grin. You're right, Klaus said. If we walk down the stairs and listen at every door, we might be able to tell if Gunther is inside. 
Lorigo, Sunny shrieked. Which meant, what are we waiting for? Let's go. Not so fast, Klaus said. It's a long trip down all those stairs, and we've already done a lot of walking and crawling in your case. And crawling in your case, Sunny. We'd better change into our sturdiest shoes and bring along some some extra pair of socks. That way we can avoid blisters. And if we should bring and we should bring some water, Violet said, so we don't get thirsty. Snack, Sunny shrieked, and the Baudelaire orphans went to work, changing out of their pajamas and into the appropriate stair-climbing outfits, putting on the sturdiest shoes and tucking in pairs of extra socks into their pockets. After Violet and Klaus made sure that Sunny had tied their shoes correctly, the children left their bedrooms and followed the crumbs down the hall, through the living room, past the two bedrooms, down another hallway, into, a near, into the nearest kitchen, sticking together the whole time so they didn't lose one another in the enormous penthouse. In the kitchen, they found some grapes and a box of crackers and a jar of apple tartar, but apple butter, but as well as a bottle of water that the squalors used for making aquas martinis, but that was the boat that the Baudelaire's would use to quench their thirst during their long climb. Finally, they left the penthouse apartment, walking past the side elevator doors, and stood up at the top of the curving stairway, feeling more like they were about to go mountain climbing than downstairs. We have to tiptoe, Violet said, so that we can hear of Gunther, but he can't hear us. We should probably whisper, Klaus whispered, so that we can eavesdrop without people eavesdropping on us. Pavlum, Sunny said, which meant let's get started, and the Baudelaire's got started, tiptoeing down the first curve of the staircase and listening at the door of the apartment, directly below the penthouse. After a few seconds, they heard nothing, but then, very clearly, they heard the woman on the phone. Well, that's not Gunther, Violet, Violet whispered. He's a woman. Oh, he's not a woman. Klaus and Sunny nodded at the children. No, no, oh my gosh. Klaus and Sunny nodded, and the children tiptoed down to the next curve floor below. And as soon as they reached the next door, it flung open to reveal a very short man in a pinstripe suit. See you later, Avery, he called. And with a nod to the children, he shut the door and began walking down the stairs. Well, that's not Gunther either, Klaus whispered. He's not that short, and he's not calling himself Avery. Violet and Sunny nodded, and the children tiptoed down to the next curve below the floor. They stopped and listened to the door and heard the man's voice call out. I'm going to take a shower, Mother. And Sunny shook her head. Manique, she whispered, which means Gunther would never take a shower. He's filthy, which is actually true because he's so stinky, huh? Ugh. Remember he said his feet stink so he can't take his shoes off. He's filthy. Violet and Klaus nodded, and the children tiptoed down the curve, and then the next, and the next, and plenty more after that, listening to each door, whispering briefly to one another, and moving on. As they walked further down the stairs, they began to grow tired, as they always did when making their way from the squalor's apartment. But this time, they had an additional hardship as well. Their tip the tips of their toes grew tired from all that tiptoeing. Their throats grew hoarse from all that whispering. Their ears were arch aching. Oh, sorry. Their ears were aching from listening 
to all those doors, and their chins drooped from nodding in agreement that nothing they heard sounded like Gunther. The morning went on, and the Baudelaire's tiptoed and listened and whispered and nodded, and by the time they, they reached the lobby of the building, it seemed that every physical feature of the Baudelaire's orphans was suffering in some way from the long... Every physical feature of the Baudelaire orphans was suffering in some way from the long climb. Okay, that was exhausting, Violet said, sitting down in the bottom step, passing around water bottles. Exhausting and fruitless. Grape, Sunny said. No, no, Sunny, Violet said. I didn't mean we have any fruit. I just meant we didn't learn anything. Do you think that we missed a door? No, Klaus said, shaking his head. And, pa- and passing around crackers. I made sure. I even counted the number of floors this time to double check. It's not 48. It's 84. And, six, thir- and 66, which happens to be the average of those two numbers. And 66 and 66 doors. And not a peep from Gunther behind any of them. And I don't understand it, Violet said miserably. If he's not in the penthouse and he's not in the up- other apartments and he hasn't left a building, where could he be? Maybe he is in the penthouse, Klaus said. We just didn't spot him. Bushoy, Sunny said, which meant, or he is one of the other apartments, and we just didn't hear him. Or maybe he has left the building, Violet said, spreading apple butter on a cracker and leaving Sunny and, and giving it to Sunny. We have to ask the doorman. There he is. Sure enough, the doorman was his usual post at the door and just and was just noticing that the three exhausted children were sitting on the bottom step. Hello there, he said, walking up to them and smiling from beneath the wide brim of his hat. Sticking out his long sleeve, there were starfish carved out of wood and a bottle of glue. I was just going to put this ocean decoration when when I thought I heard someone walking down the stairs. We just thought we'd have lunch here in the lobby, Violet said, and not wanting to admit that she and her siblings had been listening at doors. And then hike back up. Oh, I am sorry, but that means you're not allowed back up in the penthouse. The doorman said, shrugging his shoulders inside the oversized coat. You'll have to stay here in the lobby. After all, my instructions were very clear. You're not supposed to return to the squalor penthouse until the guests left. I let, I let you go up last night because Mr. Squalor said that your guest was probably on his way down. But he was wrong because Gunther never showed up in the lobby. You mean Gunther still hasn't left the building, Violet asked? Of course not, the doorman said. I have been here all day and all night, and I haven't seen him leave. I promise you that Gunther never walked out this door. When do you sleep, Klaus said. I drink lots of coffee, the doorman started. It's just, it doesn't make any sense, Violet said. It sure does, the doorman said. Coffee sustains caffeine, which is a chemical stimulant. Stimulants keep people awake. I didn't mean the part about the coffee, Violet said. I meant the part about Gunther and Esme. Esme said, Esme, that's Miss Squalor, is positive that he left the penthouse last night. And while we were at the restaurant, and while we were at the restaurant, but you are equally positive that he didn't leave this building. It's a problem that doesn't seem to have a solution. Every problem has a solution, the doorman said. At least, that's what a close associate of mine says. Sometimes, it just takes a long time to find the solution, and even if it's right in front of your nose... The doorman smiled at the Baudelaire's who watched him walk over to the sliding elevator door. He opened the bottle of glue and made a small globby patch on the doors. Then he held the wood 
<sighs> he held the wooden starfish against the against the glue to attach it. Against the glue in order to attach it. Okay. Gluing things to the door is never a very exciting thing to watch. And after a moment, Violet and Sunny turn their attention back to the lunch and the problem of the Gunther's appearance, disappearance. Only Klaus had kept looking in the direction of the doorman as he continued to decorate the lobby. The middle Baudelaire looked and looked and looked and kept looking. Even when the glue dried, the doorman went back to his post door. Klaus kept facing the ocean decorations that was now firmly attached to one of the elevator doors because he realized after a tiring morning of searching the penthouse and an exhausting afternoon of eavesdropping on the stairs, the doorman had been right. Klaus did not move his face one bit because he realized the sobering solution was indeed right in front of his nose. Is he hiding in the, in the elevator? like where else could he be you don't remember my goodness okay well guess what time it is Hmm. bad time it's bad time well i think it's past nine let's check here 928 oh my gosh it's past your bedtime we have to go goodbye oh also if everybody's going back to school tomorrow have a great day first day of back at school and if you already went back to school today we hope you had a really really great day back at school right mm-hmm. Peyton has a mask over her mouth <laughs> bye